What's up, NASCAR world? Welcome back to the Gas and Go podcast. I hope everyone is doing all right out there. Just a friendly reminder, we are brought to you by our friends at RacingUSA.com, home of automatic discounts on officially licensed NASCAR merchandise and free upgrades to expedited shipping. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about this week. Another wet and wild Daytona 500 that ended around 1230 Monday morning here on the East Coast. So we got that Monday finish after all. We're obviously going to have a lot to say about the race, the winner, and of course, some of the amazing paint schemes out there. Stage one is when we talk about winners in the race. So stay tuned. We'll get you there in just a matter of seconds. But once again, I'm just holding up the real reason y'all tune in, the rest of the crew. So let's dive right in here and get going this week. Batting leadoff, our gas man, Papa Bear Dave. Dave, what was up with all of the fuel-only talk during the broadcast this whole week? That was pretty depressing, right? It's depressing. It's offensive. I don't understand. I don't know where it came from. I don't like it. I think we need to get them an updated style guide. It's gas and go, and we'll let them know. Yeah, we made the mistake of not telling Jamie to throw in a gas and go there, Jamie Little, when we had her on last week. But this this really just feels like big gas controlling the message out there. It's it's fuel is is very big gas sounding to me. Does it have a better ring to it? Is that more uh, eco friendly? It's yeah, gas, baby, and they're going. Yeah, it's gas. All right. Well, we'll get into more of that later. But next up is our analytics guru, Ryan. Rhino, Michael McDowell was 100 to 1 odds to win the Daytona 500. How much did you cash in? Uh, I didn't bet any because I live in a state that doesn't have any legalized gambling yet, even though we voted for it to come true in November. So I'm looking forward to that. But I did not bet any money, but I'm glad to see another Ford in victory lane. That was great to see, especially 10 years after uh, Ford Motorcraft and uh, John Wood and all those guys got it done. Uh, We had another small time team uh, win the 500. So that was cool to see. Yeah, yeah. You were just talking about that Trevor Bain win last week. So good point there. All right, let's get the five greatest Jackman of all time in here. Dylon, 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 and Dylon. Dill, what's the solution to these rain delays? Is it rain tires or is it indoor racing? I think that we got to put a dome over these racetracks and let's get some indoor racing here. You know, get the fumes going, that fuel only will be pumping through it. No, I don't know. It's it's brutal, though. It's tough. When they, every week, it feels like it's hours of rain delays. Yeah, that, that was a long one this, this weekend. And everyone, we are just joking, so put down your keyboard swords. We're not actually thinking about racing indoors, all right? Although, maybe we will. The Chili Bowl uh, doesn't have an issue with it. I mean, yeah, speak for yourself there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last uh, but uh, never least, our eyes in the sky, spotter cons. Cons, there was some fog affecting the spotters late during the Daytona 500. What's your trick for fog when you're up there spotting? Infrared binocs? Something else? <laughs> you just got to have 20-20 vision or maybe even 40-20 I think is better than 20-20. You just, you just got to feel the track, know where the car is going to be almost without even seeing it. All right. Well, we'll have to get you in a spotter coaching class for those guys up there. I was on the scanner last night and a lot of people were worried about that fog. Yeah. It seemed like the windshields were all fogging up too. Like you do in your regular car. That must've been a pretty scary sight when they're about to (laughs) crank it up there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, Dave, what do you got for me this week? I have just one question, but it's a two-parter. I think you're going to like it. 
how many times did you watch the golden hour making of days of thunder during speed week, whether on purpose or just because they were showing it to you? And as a follow-up, did you learn anything new? So that was my second time watching it because that's the second time Fox has actually played it. They played it several months ago. I forget what it was. So I've watched it for the second time. It was just as amazing as the first time. And I already forgot the second part of your question. What was it? <laughs> what's your What's your big takeaway? Learn anything new? Um, I guess my big takeaway was I didn't know at the time that they actually ran real like the 46 and 51 cars and actual NASCAR races to get that footage. Because if you watch Days of Thunder, part of you while watching it was like, damn, this race footage is really good. Like, how do they get it? And now we know because it was actual race footage. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just good footage. It was a real race. Yeah. Yeah, that I was mean, cool. And I've never like, so I've never been the biggest like Hendrick Motorsports fan, uh, but Rick Hendrick's involvement to get that made and like all the money and resources he put in out of his own pocket to, to get those cars and like qualify cars to get them in the field just to like film this got a lot of respect to him on that one no doubt he also had a, a great look back then it looked like a kind of guy i'd like to party with maybe a little yeah oh rick at the uh in the in the trailer with cold trickle and the boys Sound that like was that guy. was party rick let's see more business rick here that, that was that was pre-pardon rick so that, that's when he was really having fun that was before the pardon <laughs> Uh, all right well we got a lot to talk about here some actual racing i'm pumped to get back to talking about it so boys let's get after it dw drop the flag let's go racing boys okay boys stage one here i think we need a bit of a reset here though remind the longtime listeners inform the new ones about what we like to talk about with regard to the latest race uh it's been a while since we've done it so first we're going to do two truths and a lie where I'll give the boys three facts about the race, two of which will be true. One will not, and they will have to sniff out the lie. And then we're going to talk about the winner of the race. We like winners. Gas and go is the strategy to win. So we honor the winner first. And then finally, we'll give overall thoughts on the race. So that's all on stage one. we got a lot to get into here. So let's get right into two truths and a lie. I'm so excited for this to be back. Okay, boys, you ready? Three facts coming up. Fact number one, sneaky, sneaky, quiet all night. Defending Cup Series champ Chase Elliott finishes second. The highest finish for a returning Cup champion since Jimmy Johnson in 2006. Fact number two, Michael McDowell wins his first Cup Series race, leading just one lap, albeit the most important one. And fact number three, a crazy night ends with a crazy stat as only 11 drivers finish on the lead lap. Who's got a first guest? A lot of two-part uh, questions or, or stats in there. Like each one, one thing could be right, yeah. and one could be wrong. Oh, that's, that's tricky. Well, look, at the end of last year, you guys were like calling these out immediately. So I got to <laughs> spice it up here, right? This, these can't be cupcakes. Oh, these are good. Well, the first one, Chase Elliott definitely finished second. I don't know about that second part of it, but it feels yeah. like a long time since 2006. Um, I'm trying to think that. of any other Cup Series champion that's won the Daytona 500 the next year, but I can't think of any. Dave, you got a guess here? The second I don't know how many guys were on the lead lap, but I'm going to guess it was just more than 11. 
That's where I was leaning to because I think that second one is true as well. Cars that crash at the ends that knocked a lot of cars out there. I'm gonna go. I I think I'm with Dave here. I think it's the third one, so I'm gonna lock in my answer at three. All right, we got two for three. Connor Ryan, give me an answer quick. We got to move on. I'll go three. As usual, I will agree with Dave and go with number three here. (laughs) (laughs) As usual, for sure. All right. Mm -hmm. Let me recap here, boys. We're going opposite order. A crazy night ends with a crazy stat as only 11 drivers finish on the lead lap. That is true. So you're all wrong. We're awful. You guys can't see the crew chief, but he is smiling big right now. This is what happens when we follow Dave's lead. What are we doing? (laughs) All right. So let me, let me, fact number two was Michael McDowell wins leading only one lap. Yep. That's obviously right. So fact number one was the lie. So Chase Elliott did finish second, uh, but it's not the highest finish for a returning cup champion in the Daytona 500 since Jimmy Johnson in 2006. The, The highest finish since Chase Elliott was in 2000 when defending champ Dale Jarrett also won the Daytona 500 in 2000. Wow. So, so huh. <laughs> man, that was I, did, I did do some digging <laughs> on that one. Yeah. You got that, was a, that was a good one. like the Charlie Day meme of what, you know, with everything on the board, trying to figure out the perfect. Yeah. Like 99.9% of this question is true, but this yeah. little part is false. Next yeah. week, there's seven facts in each one. We're going to have to piece them all together. <laughs> Hey, look, I got the whole list of uh, defending champs that won the Daytona Five. I'm sure you do. Conceptually, what is the lead lap? Is it really the last cars who are still on the lead lap, or what does it really mean? <laughs> it's whatever <laughs> NASCAR tells next. you. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think Brad Keselowski's, like, can opener car there at the end <laughs> crossed the line, but I think he was, like, maybe credited for finishing on the... <laughs> yeah, did any car technically cross the line because the at the end? Because the yellow flag ended it, right? Yeah, so I mean, I guess it's the eleven there that were maybe on the lead lap, but it was eleven. That's what NASCAR says. We'll go with NASCAR. All right, we got through two truths and a lie. I think that's my first victory since maybe like first time we ever did this. <laughs> so I'm pretty. Stoked. We actually kind of watched the race this week. <laughs> All right, well, let's get in and let's talk about the winner here, Michael McDowell. Boys, you you know what we always say on this show? We say keep grinding. That's what we're about. That's what we tell our fans. That's what we're trying to do to get this show going. So we're going to start here with a clip from Michael actually in the post-race press conference that we were a part of about his grind and his journey to become Daytona 500 champion. It's been a tough road for me and um, I've had had to spend a lot of years grinding it out. But, you know, I finally have felt like this last four years, you know, been just been more competitive and, and greater opportunities with front row and Bob Jenkins. And, you know, Daytona has been so good to us that we've, you know, we've been in the top 10, we've been in the top five, we've been close. And, you know, last lap, there's been times where I've made the wrong, wrong choice and wrong lane and pushed the wrong guy. And um, it's just so hard to get in position and, and to, to do it. And, you know, to, to get my first cup win, at Daytona, it's just it's it's unbelievable. I'm just so thankful, thankful for everybody that just has allowed me to do it. It's you know it's not been an easy road, and and there's been lots of years where I was wondering what the heck am I doing and and why am I doing it. And um, I always knew that if you just kept grinding, that you know one day everything will line up and it'll go right. And um, but as you get further into it, you just don't know. Um, so I'm just just thankful, very thankful. 
Man, I, I just I love that from Michael when I'm sitting there at two o'clock in the morning on this press conference, tired as heck, and he's just talking about keeping grinding and grinding. I was like, I was ready to run through a wall there. I was like, this is great. I love it. Love it. So uh, let's talk about Michael McDowell a little bit more here, though. What does this mean for Michael McDowell? Dave, you got anything? Yeah, man. And it's a short answer. I almost feel cheap for taking this, but it means everything. You hear it in that clip we just played. You could hear it as he climbed out of his car. You could see it written on his face yesterday, and I'm sure on his smile all day today. This means absolutely the world to Michael McDowell. I can't think of a driver in the field who this would have meant more to. And not just for Michael McDowell, but Front Row Motorsports. Now they're going to yeah. be a playoff team. Now they're in the all-star race. They're going to be in the clash next year. Top 16 points finish. That's millions and millions of dollars going towards their charter. Yeah, I, it's just watching him get out. It was was very cool to see, you know, the excitement on him. I, just, I saw a stat, though, that's like wild to even believe that this many races can happen. It was his 358th start before his first win. And it's the second longest to Michael Waltrip for 463, which was also a Daytona 500 victory. But imagine going 350 races and you're just like, nah, man, we got it. Let's just keep going. We got this next one. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah. When someone has over 350 starts without a win, they're not supposed to win. I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> right? Like that's a journey guy. That's a mid-pack driver, you know, hopping from team to team, which I think makes this even more awesome is that he did win and he won the biggest race in the sport. Uh, and he, and he, you know, he deserved to win. So that, yeah, I agree, Dale. That, that was, I saw that stat too. And it's just like, man, wow. 350 starts. I don't think we're ever going to see that again. Uh, cause, cause guys, I don't think get that opportunity anymore. If you, you know, yeah, you almost, I mean, that's a lifetime number. Like that's a full career of starts right there. You know, that's, that's nothing you just like fall into. That's a long career of NASCAR races. Yeah, he's had that many uh, races. And I think a lot of people this week learned the name Michael McDowell. I mean, I couldn't tell you anything about him before, you know, last night, I guess, or this morning, really, even though he has been racing for that long. And it's he's someone you overlook because he is that, you know, mid-tier or back-end driver. And the, he gets this victory. Now everyone knows his name who's paying attention to the sport. And I think it's worth mentioning that while probably nobody in the fan base, the NASCAR fan base expected Michael McDowell to win a race, much less the 2021 Daytona 500, you don't start that many times in a race car unless you think you've got a chance to do that. So I mean, give credit to McDowell, who just kept getting out there, kept grinding, kept driving his car and knew he could win. And, Dave, yeah. and this guy was no slouch. He had five straight top 15 finishes at the Daytona 500, including a fifth and a ninth, and also had a fourth and a fifth at other plate races. So he's been pretty good at these uh, restrictor plate races. So it wasn't too surprising to see him come home with it with that many, with that little of cars on the lead lap, as Garrett said earlier, but it was still awesome to see. Well, Dave, that's a good point though. Cause somebody asked him in the press conference, uh, did, did you think you could win? Or do you think, did you think you could win this race? And he was like, He's like, this might sound crazy, but every time I get in the car, I think I'm going to win. So, you know, yeah. you're right. It's like that sort of mentality these guys have. It's like, look, three, 350, what? we'll get yeah. a 351. <laughs> Here we go. That just shows you the kind of like next level that some of these guys can kick into just every race you can go into. And I mean, it's awesome. I also loved, I love loves, you know, the sponsor loves great gas station. So seeing them get a little bit of love was pretty cool. How happy is loves this morning? I mean, everyone's stopping <laughs> at loves now when they're on the road <laughs> on Valentine's day as well. Yeah. Wow. That's not even, 
put that together. That's destiny. The stars were aligned. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's. I, I want to get into the race too, but I think Ryan brought up a really really good point. Let's talk about the practical uh, meaning behind this win from Michael McDowell. He is, for all intents and purposes, in the playoffs. Right. I mean, something crazy could happen. He could finish outside of the top thirty in points, or sixteen other guys could win, and he could be last of those guys. But let's put him in the playoffs. You know, those are those are really crazy things that might happen. That's a huge deal. Okay. I got a guy from front row motorsports being in the playoffs for a couple reasons. A, they can shift their resources around a ton here at the beginning and trying to build those points to move, to maybe move them closer to the playoffs uh, or in the playoffs to get those cars, better resources for them, uh, for, for those races. Um, and it's also going to bring them a ton, a lot more money uh, for the future of front row motorsports. Uh, so this is a big, big deal. And I think it's, it's really big deal right now when you look at NASCAR trying to build up these middle pack teams with the next gen car, uh, you know, trying to reduce the costs and everything. It, it gives them a, a springboard, man. Like this, this could really, really uh, change the direction of front row m- motorsports. Yeah, I, I love it. it. It it brings parody to the sport, which I, you know, you have that in all the other major sports, NFL and, and NBA and stuff that, any team can can win any you know any game or any team can make the playoffs in a year and this and Michael Mandel proves it that you know any team or any driver can make the playoffs and it just you know it makes it exciting to to see that. Derek, kind of like off of what you were saying that they have all these opportunities now to like shift some resources. Like Anthony Alfredo is a good road course driver and there's a lot of road courses this year. Like they could get two guys theoretically into this. I mean, him coming away with maybe a road course win isn't that out of the picture, I don't think. Anthony Alfredo has zero chance of making the playoffs. I see what you're saying, Bill. <laughs> well, Derek, Derek, but Michael Derek, McDowell is a really good race uh, road course racer, and he could win one too. So you're talking about a guy that could have two wins in the regular season. You're already penciling him in for multiple wins, Michael McDowell. <laughs> Let him enjoy his 500 win. Michael McDowell will win 10 races this year. <laughs> <laughs> while, while, we're, while we're talking about road courses – Michael McDowell's only other NASCAR victory is in the Xfinity series at road America. I've actually, we're saving predictions for later in the show, but we could have a back to back here boys to start the season. Speaking of predictions there, Dave, uh, Garrett and I are well on our way to our prediction here where Garrett with the uh, playoffs changing and me with first time drivers, I didn't have McDowell into it, but Hey, that's one for one (laughs) for each of us. Yeah. I was actually going to bring up the fact that you guys, your bold predictions got closer to, to coming to fruition. I suppose Ryan's did as well. Uh, Kevin Harvick didn't win last week. So And that's one last I, win for Chase Elliott up there for Dill. So yeah, that's true. I, didn't, I didn't move any closer, but I, I didn't, mine didn't move. The yeah, line didn't move on my predictions. So. It wasn't really a bold prediction either way, but yeah, that was, that was fun. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the race here a little bit. I mean, obviously, I think the big storylines are uh, the rain and the crash on lap 15 that took out a lot of contenders, a lot of top guys, and and really sort of set the stage for how the race scene was going to be the rest of the night. Because once they finally came back from the rain, it was pretty much guys just logging laps to get to the end of each of the stages and the end of the race. You know, a lot of single file racing, 
that second line really could not develop because there just weren't enough cars out there. Toyota was really sort of uh, hindered here because of how many cars they just have to begin with, but then breaking up with their pit stages and everything. So, you know, I saw a lot of complaining out there about the single file racing and it's just kind of like, you know, get over it, man. It's like not every second of every race is going to be incredible, right? Like this race was still fun. It wasn't the greatest race I've ever watched. I had fun. Look, restrictor plate racing is must see TV every, every minute, every lap, because you just never know what's going to happen. If you're on the lead lap, you're in contention. Uh, I mean, you look at Bubba Wallace, who who took a, a green flag pit late um, and still wound up in contention to win this race. Now, I mean, last lap, he he and Kevin Harvick were racing. They could have they could have well, made some moves. Bubba was a lap down at that point. What? Which car was I looking at? <laughs> he was yeah, there. Was, he, he was a lap. It was twelve thirty in the morning, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I agree. I mean, it was funny. I was listening to Bubba's scanner. And when he had to take that green flag pit there towards the end to put him the lap down, they had like a loose wheel or something. His his uh, spotter just kept saying, like, don't worry, we're gonna have that last crash here. You're gonna get you're gonna get me the lucky dog. Don't worry, you'll be in it. And then that I last crash was, never happened until the that's last right. There wasn't a caution. I guess I should have You uh, think everyone's just immediately gonna go to the back now for that first stage? Like there's no point of racing up front. I mean, I mean Denny, Denny Hamlin, Hamlin went from last to first. Denny Hamlin does it every like, race and he's there at the end every time. It's like yeah. <laughs> I think you don't expect the big one to come so early and you don't expect the big one to come so far up in the draft. Normally, if you're in that top 10, top 15, you're playing it a little more conservative, at least for the first stage. Um, I I don't know exactly what position it started, and I've already made one uh, clearly blunder, so I don't want to... I mean, we're talking fifth, sixth position. Uh, We had guys spinning in that first crash. Yeah. You don't normally see that. I think Eric Almirola is in second, right? When he was the one that got bumped from the back and uh, right into Blaney there. Or it's not blaming, crazy but. for it to be that. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with, you know, with you, Dave, restrictor plate racing. I'm, I'm never going to complain about it. Even if there are long portions with single file racing, because the end of the stages and the end of the race are going to be incredible. And I'm going to tune in to watch it. You know, if, if I got to log some laps watching a little bit of boring racing, that's fine. You, you know, yeah, even, <laughs> there's plenty of other tracks that are a lot more in her than that. Even short track, I you know we've been to Bristol and Martinsville and, and Richmond, even, but there's been some boring races there where it that goes green for a while and yeah. just going and going. With restrictor plate racing with Daytona, you're it's every car is like on the lead lap pretty much all the time, so you're, it, it's exciting no matter if they're going single file or in the you know 40th lap or the second to last lap. Yep. All right, I'm, I'm, every week I'm going to try to give you guys a couple notables here of, of guys that finished in, in what I think are good positions for them that people will never talk about. Uh, Jamie McMurray finished eighth. How about that? Guy who hasn't raced in three, two years. That's cool. I bet his yeah, family, that after that video too, they were probably yeah. so pumped to see that. that was, he was involved in that first accident. They came back and did a lot of work on the car, and he was down a couple laps, so that was cool. And, and really great for Spire Motorsports because that's two guys in the top ten for them. And then our guy, the Colonel, Cole Custer, finished 11th. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was running top five for a little bit there. Let's right. go, Cole. <laughs> Stone Cole, baby. 11th place. Good for him. So that, those were the two notables I saw. Everybody else has pretty much crashed. Um, but new this year, since we've had some guests that actually drive race cars, we're going to give you an update every week on how our past gas-and-go guests 
our OKGs fared during the weekend. So, Spotter Cons, give us a recap on the Gas and Go OKGs. That's right there, Garrett. Uh, I'll start with the Xfinity races and the Xfinity guys. Um, unfortunately, Noah Gregson had a tough accident there uh, towards the end of the race in the Xfinity race. Uh, finished 32nd. That was disappointing to see. He also had a kind of a disappointing weekend. He His car failed inspection three times, didn't get to qualify in, had to race his way in. Ended up crashing that too. That that was that was just tough. It, I feel for him. Um, wished he would have been in the 500 and wished he would have run a little bit better in the Xfinity race. Maybe try to compete for a back-to-back win there, but he didn't. That's all right. Uh, Daniel Hemrick had a decent race in the Xfinity. He he was up there. Uh, ended up finishing ninth. But our guy. This was one of the bright spots of the weekend for me. Brandon Brown in that uh, that hard lemonade car, that like bright green and yellow car, was moving and shaking and wheeling and dealing. Finished sixth in uh, the Xfinity race, and he actually hey, let's go, let's go. He had yeah. some damage there, and they they had to repair his car, and he came right back, and he was he was rolling there. I was hoping he could have compete, uh, competed for the win, but I think the damage to his car there towards the end prevented it a little bit. But I still. I still enjoyed that. So in the cup, guys, uh, <laughs> unbelievable Quinn Hoff with the William Byron just piece of metal flying off his car, popped a tire basically, bro, it you know, destroyed his night. That was tough. Garrett, I think you were listening to the scanner there. Yeah, he, he was pretty upset calling it a beater car. <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> which, and when we were texting about it, you know, it looked like half the car of William Byron was just like flapping in the wind there. That, I can't believe they, they didn't black flag him earlier. It was that was absurd. I, I hate it for Quinn. I mean, the guys out there are literally just like logging laps by himself and gets <laughs> just taken out for no reason. And everyone on Twitter was quick to jump on our guy, Quinn, and we, we were there to defend him. Like, no, 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 it wasn't his fault this time. Look, I, I said last night, Quinn's going to get Byron back on purpose or not. It's coming, so watch <laughs> out, Willie B. I can't wait to see that. Uh, then Joey Gase um, had some good laps there, ended up, I think, one or two laps down, ended up with 20th place, top 20 finish for Mr. Joey Gase. That's great to see. And then uh, our our guy, Corey LaJoy, top 10, ninth place there. Great looking car. Had some great runs there. Um, really excited to see him uh, running top 10. But then I'm going to give you one little extra here. And I thought who had the best weekend. And that was one of our top guests, Miss Jamie Little, with her first uh, announcing or, or lead commentator for the ARCA race. The first ARCA race I ever watched, and it was only because she was uh, announcing it, and it, she did fantastic. So I, th- I thought she was the big winner of the weekend. Yeah, that was nice. Good, good, uh, good input there, Connor, for Jay on Jamie. That I agree. That was awesome. That was, I've watched some ARCA races, but that was definitely the one I've watched the most of and enjoyed the most of. So yeah, Jamie did a great job, and man, she did. She was all over pit road all all weekend. Man, she was. She did awesome, uh, except for the fuel only slip ups, but you know. <laughs> I'll email her. We'll get a square. She had a lot going on. We'll forgive her for this one. That was <laughs> our was, fault, Garrett. That was our fault. We should, I was. She I was, was also in the new TV show, The Crew, that Ryan and I have been watching a little bit. She had a little cameo, which was cool to see. Yeah, I got to check that out. All right. Well, let's get it moving here, boys. Uh, get into the rest of the show. But before we do that, 
Dave, give us an update on our title sponsor. Thanks, Garrett. And not to steal Rhino's bit here, but I've got some breaking news, and it's great news. Our friends at RacingUSA.com have just added some really cool collectible die-cast cars to their website. I'm talking race winners. Kyle Busch's Clash Raced Win Diecast, Austin Sindrick's Daytona Xfinity Diecast, and Michael McDowell's Daytona 500 Race Win Diecast. Each of these collectible diecast cars will be manufactured to look like just like they did when they crossed the finish line, including that extremely fast duct tape on the fender of the 34. All you Kyle Busch fans out there, listen up. Kyle is autographing 48 of his Clash Win diecasts for fans who shop at RacingUSA.com. Just to be clear, he's autographing the 18 car and he's doing 48 of them for our friends at RacingUSA. In addition, Michael McDowell and Austin Sindrick are autographing their Daytona Win diecast cars in limited quantities. First come, first served. There's a quick link to these cars, as well as quite a few of last year's race winners, including Chase Elliott's championship diecast on RacingUSA.com's homepage. And don't forget, as the primary sponsor of our Gas & Go podcast, RacingUSA.com is giving away a $50 gift card to one of our listeners every week, and this week's no different. To qualify for this week's giveaway, all you need to do is follow Podcast Gas and Racing USA on Twitter and keep your eyes open. Notifications on, people. So, whenever you need a new hat, t-shirt, diecast, helmet, or novelty to show your support for your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise. Don't forget to tell them that Gas and Go Boys sent you. Garrett, back to you. All right. Thanks, Papa Bear. Go check out RacingUSA.com. Like Dave said, all of the latest Daytona 500 gear. Uh, that's some good looking stuff. That Michael McDowell diecast is going to be pretty sweet. All right. Let's keep it moving. Let's get into stage two now. And to do that, we need to bring in our Gas and Go news correspondent, Ryan Rhino. Over to you. Thanks, Garrett. I'm Rhino, and this is your Stage 2 Gas & Go News. On Tuesday, the best of the best and Kevin Harvick headed to the Daytona Road Course for the Bush Clash, where Ryan Blaney on fresh tires was able to get past Chase Elliott on the final lap, but then Elliott took out Blaney and himself in the final chicane, giving Kyle Busch the easy win. Connor, you picked Kyle. Good job. What else did you think of the race, and what did you think of the last lap move by Chase Elliott? Really exciting race. I'm looking forward to next week when they do it for real. Uh, loved the ending there. Loved Chase Elliott taking out Ryan Blaney and my guy Kyle Busch coming in for the win. The duels were great races on Thursday. Team Penske driver Austin Sindrick was able to make the 500 thanks to qualifying speed despite finishing behind fan favorite Ty Dillon, which left Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, and all of NASCAR Twitter confused. Dillon, what do you think of the rule and all the reaction to it from social media? Look, I understand people were very upset about this, very confused. The rule itself is confusing. There's no question about that. Why there's this many rounds of qualification and everything is beyond me. They got to change it. However, that's the rule and they all knew it. If Ty Dillon had wanted to make it, probably don't finish like third to last in the uh, first qualifying round and maybe you can get in. Like there's some simple ways to get around this, people. Harsh words from Dill. Friend of the podcast, Jamie Little, made her debut calling the ARCA race, which resulted in teenager Corey Heim winning the race. 
young prodigy Ty Gibbs had some choice words for his teammates after the race and also said he can't wait to race at a real racetrack, a.k.a. not Daytona. And then former NASCAR great Dale Jarrett had some choice words for Ty Gibbs. Gibbs apologized for the comments, but Dave, what did you think of all this? This might ruffle some feathers, but he's right. Daytona is not a real racetrack by any standard metric. It's a super speedway. There's only two. I love it. It's must-see TV. It's not a regular, real racetrack. He apologized on Twitter. Dale Jarrett, stay in your lane. 20 years after the loss of Dale Sr., NASCAR and Daytona had a lap three tribute to salute the seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion. Garrett, what did you think of the tribute, and what was your favorite thing you read or watched this week on the senior anniversary? I mean, you, you already know what I thought. It, you, you know the weight of my heart. It's putting three fingers in the air. The best thing I saw was uh, the ESPN E60 hour-long special about the legacy of Dale Earnhardt. That was awesome to watch, also hard to watch. I don't understand why people don't put three fingers up in the air on lap three of every race, though. We don't need someone to tell us. I do it every time I go to the track. Well said. Noah Gregson said he is not planning on running any more cup races with Beard Motorsports. Connor, even though our guy didn't make the field, we are still proud of his efforts, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not surprised by this move. Uh, Even in our podcast, he said that he's focused on the Xfinity series right now and I want to see him you know get to the championship race there offer pad joins Joe Gibbs racing and will serve as a primary sponsor on Denny Hamlin's car for two races they also released their Miami Dolphin looking paint scheme Dylan what do you think of the new paint scheme very cool paint scheme Denny's paint scheme game has stepped up this year and uh the crew chief tweeted this out with no cc on me for my content stay in your lane speaking of Dave uh but this was really cool. The 11 on it with the gradient from the orange to white, that green 11 right there. It honestly does look just kind of like a Miami Dolphins jersey. Big fan of this car. Martin Truex Jr. signed an extension with Joe Gibbs Racing. Dave, after locking up Hamlin last week and now Truex, JGR is set in stone for the future, right? Yeah, I mean, look, this is great for Gibbs. It's probably great for Truex. It's great for fans in a sense that Truex is going to keep racing. Uh, some other news developed, and I'll let you talk about it, but... 19 wouldn't have been my number one choice for Truex long-term. Ooh, I don't know what that's about. Kurt Busch hints heavily at retirement in a newly released video, which included a Vanilla Ice cameo. Garrett, Kurt Busch has done it all in his career. He's had some high highs, some low lows, but do you think it's time for him to hang it up or should he keep racing? I think it's up to him if he wants to keep racing. Uh, You know, he's shown last year that he's certainly talented enough to do it. I think Everyone should go listen to the Dale Jr. Download episode of Kurt Busch. Very reflective on his career in the lows of the lows that you mentioned. Uh, it gave me a new perspective on Kurt Busch, who I used to not really care for that much. And a couple more here. HendrixCars.com.com will sponsor Kyle Larson select races. Big surprise. Ryan Vargas announced that he does not have sponsorship this week. But New Orleans Saints superstar running back Alvin Kamara has started batting his eyes at him. I'll keep you updated on that one. And I've also watched the first five episodes of Netflix's new sitcom, The Crew. I'm here to report that I give it two thumbs up. And Cole Custer might be a future Emmy winner. And that is your Stage 2 Gas & Go News. I'm Rhino. Garrett, back to you. All right, Ryan. Thanks, as always, for the latest in NASCAR. Man, another packed week of news. Good job there, Ryan. All right, boys. I'm stoked to get into stage three and talk about paint schemes again. Dill, crank it. Okay, another reset here because we haven't explained the background of what we're doing in stage three in a while. So 
every week during the season, each one of the boys will hand out what we call a bumper sticker award to our favorite paint scheme of the week. We call it a bumper sticker award because one race last year, uh, well before Gas and Go was ever an idea, we were all together trying to figure out how much money it would cost for us to place a bumper sticker sized decal on Timmy Hill's truck. We reached out to Timmy. He never responded. And the rest is history. <laughs> we have definitely found out how much that decal cost because the Gas and Go boys had our logo on the deck lid of Joey Gase's cup ride at Martinsville last year. So Timmy, answer your DMs next time and your car might have a sponsor. But it's your loss, Joey's gain, and we're happy to be associated with OKG, Joey Gase. So there it is. That's why we give out bumper sticker awards. So let's get into actually talking about the paint schemes. We're going to go in order here, and you cannot pick a scheme that someone else has already picked. So let's go, and I'm going to switch it up on you boys, and I'm going first for once, all right? Oh. And I'm going first because I thought somebody else might take this scheme and we already talked about it a bunch, but it's the 43 of Eric Jones and the Armor All car. Uh, several reasons I like this car. A, it looked awesome. B, it was designed by a former Gas and Go podcast guest, Bradley Sisson, an OKG. Uh, so I think I just thought it was awesome. Unfortunately, only got to run 15 laps, but hopefully we see that thing again. So that's my bumper sticker award of the week. Dill, let's go over to you for next. I like that one as well. Um, I am going to go a little out here for mine. And, you know, normally I do my my college football helmet sticker awards where I give my favorite bumpers or my favorite paint scheme that kind of reminded me of a football jersey. We're in the off season right now, so I'm just going to go normal bumper sticker award this week. And this might be in the long term my replacement to that number one Kurt Busch car that I like so much. This number 16, Kaz Grala's uh, Hyper Ice car, that thing was clean. Oh, my goodness. All white and black. The only splashes of color were a little yellow on the roof for the number that matched the Goodyear uh, logo on their tires. And then, like, a dark green hint on the back that matched the uh, fuel nozzle. I think it was for, I think, like, green gas. I couldn't quite tell. But... This black and white car was so nice. It had it. It just like it stood out to me. The little matte finish on it, not too shiny. Oh man, it was, everything about it was clean. Big fan. Yeah, you, you're gonna need a lot of hyper ice to put out the 16 car when it was on hyper fire there. <laughs> during the yeah. yeah. It, it lit up nice and bright there for a little while. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that's the splash of color we needed was that fire coming through. <laughs> it looked good with the, uh, the fire extinguisher <laughs> spray. All, over it. Uh, all right. I can't believe he was able to drive off with like, after they did the fire extinguisher stuff, he just drove away. I just, I, I figured that would be it for him for the night. The hyper yeah. ice, baby. Hyper <laughs> ice. <laughs> Go on out there, Kaz. You're good. It, it like immediately flamed up again. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, I did not expect that one, Dale. So nice off the radar. Ryan, let's go over to you. Which scheme you got? I want my first bumper sticker award to go to a great looking primary car. Not the most flashy, but the car that once I see it, I know exactly what it is. And that leaves me with Team Penske, fuel only. Number 22, Joey Logano, Shell Pennzoil Ford Mustang. Now, literally nothing changed from the 2020 version of this car, but that's what makes it so great. You don't mess with greatness. Big pop of yellow, red on the sides, big brand logo right on the hood. The best number fun in all of NASCAR. 
And of course, the painted rims, which get so many extra points in my book. Garrett, is oh, that wow. the one you were going to pick? If I, if you, uh, I, I, luckily you went first, so, but. All right. First car there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> painted, the painted rims is cool. Everything else is terrible. Yeah. That, that's a tough one. All right. I get, that tracks with Ryan, though. All right, Connor, which scheme you got? Man, I don't know. There's there's three um, choosing between here, but I'm going to take the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. Uh, neon yellow and like royal blue mixed together with the black numbers. Really cool looking car. Stood out. Wish it raced more than 15 laps, but uh, those first 15 laps, it looked really good. Also has painted rims of neon yellow. Um, a little different than his normal car, normal sponsor. He's got the Blue Def Platinum sponsor this week. Just all around great looking car. Is it me or does Ryan Blaney always have like the most random hood sponsor? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think during the clash, it was like Great Lakes flooring. <laughs> like, whatever. Well, okay. when you got two great pitchmen like Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski, <laughs> Hensky, I mean, Blaney's only going to get the scraps. So I, I, it makes sense to me, Garrett. That's true. When I think about like face of my product, it's definitely Logano, Keselowski, and then Blaney. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, the only thing better than Blaney's car this week was his appearances in The Crew, the new <laughs> Netflix show, with the greatest mustache I've ever seen. <laughs> If oh, the man. members of the Gas to Go have not seen it yet, there's some very, very good cameos from. All from right, Mr. we got to check it out. All right, Dave, clean us up here. Which scheme you got? Glad this fell to me. This is a little outside the box for the Daves.com. Um, and we went through actually several of my notes for this car in stage one, going with a similar color scheme to Rhino's choice and going with the championship car, Michael McDowell's 34. Wow. Let me tell you a few things about Dave. A few <laughs> things I love. I love. A good truck stop. I love winners and I love love. And boy, does this car have all of those things just wrapped up in one beautiful package. I also love duct tape and I love Daves.com. And I can't wait for RacingUSA.com to put a Daves.com sticker on the raced number 34 of Michael McDowell and send it my way. Dave, what's your favorite thing about truck stops? Is it the showers or like the readily accessible warm hot dogs? Break that down a little bit for me. So it's neither of those. The showers are a little. Let's move on because I love loves. All right. And and who knows? They're a future potential sponsor. What I love is the mishmash. The you never know what you're going to get. You can get lottery tickets. You can get long distance phone calls, cards. You can get phones. You can get weird collectible items from the state that you're in. And sometimes you can play the weird gambling games where you jock quarters in and hope stuff falls out the bottom. That's Most a good of rundown. all, you can use the restroom, you can get gas, and you just never know what else you might see. It's exciting. There's yeah, always when, a I, good... when I want a bag of chips, like a 14-foot-long iPhone charger and like, <laughs> you know, like a $3 Chevy hat, it's, it's the truck stop. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's plenty good, of parking. There's usually a good uh, fast food restaurant like associated with them, too, or like connected to them. You get the half yeah. the you know, the gas station, half the, the Popeyes yeah. or half the Burger King, whatever. It's fantastic. It's a good point. Here's what I enjoy is when there's a sit down restaurant, like with a, you know, I can't have them anymore, but like a salad bar, or even like a breakfast buffet inside a truck stop. 
Yeah, I could talk about truck stops for hours. Yeah, and like- I've been I've been doing my diners, drive-ins, and dives rewatch, and there are multiple times that Guy Fieri shows up to a gas station, and there's a restaurant right there that they'll go check out. <laughs> I really like getting that. my I really like getting my salads from a, a gas station or truck station uh, stop. There. I didn't say I got salad. I said Best I got flavoring salad bar. There's, <laughs> you know, there's other stuff there. <laughs> Uh, we could do a whole podcast on truck stops. I think <laughs> we're winding down here, boys. Um, that was a good rundown. Anybody got any other paint schemes they want to throw in real quick? I got one I gave. So Ryan last week mentioned Bass Pro Shops was back with Austin Dillon. And I said, I like last year's paint scheme more, which I still think I do. But that number three under the lights uh, in person looked really, really nice. So I got to give a shout out there. Anybody else got one? Yeah, the number I, 11 of Denny yep. Hamlin's was fantastic. Mm, I never yep. really liked his paint schemes. This one, the gradient on the colors was perfect. Yeah, that was the exact one I was going to give mine to. It was everything about it was so much better than his past cars. I mean, like even the the diagonal angle on where it stops, the top numbers having the gradient on the outline is a very nice touch. Don't see a lot of top numbers getting special touches like that i feel like hmm. all right yeah denny uh denny's always been boring paint scheme so that, that's interesting you guys picked that one new scheme david did you got let's one be, let's be clear he's still boring it's just a <laughs> cleaner boring scheme and i like yeah, it. i just i just have another suggestion for denny and that's whoever you're paying to do your paint schemes pay that same person to do the 23 yeah because your schemes are getting better and well yeah 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 that's a good point dave that's and uh we gave the Chase Elliott car a little bit of a hard time. I liked it better out on the track. It had a yellow kind of bar going across the grill. And when the cars were coming at you, you could really find it amongst all the other ones. So a little cleanup there. We uh, you know, gave it a hard time before. I like it a little better now. Not enough to give it my bumper sticker, but a little uh, nod there. Yeah, look good. I agree. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's get uh, into the conclusion here. We got a couple things here left um, winding down, but let's look ahead to next week. The Daytona road course, um, we already got a snapshot of what that's going to look like. So we're going to do some predictions here. So uh, just give me your winner, boys. I don't need to know why or how they win the race. I definitely do not need to know what their favorite book is either. Ryan, looking at you. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let's go same order, except for I'll go last. Dill, who you got? I got the boring one. I'll take Chase. Chase Elliott. Ryan? Uh, give, give me Blaney. He's going to get his revenge. All right, Connor. Yeah, Blaney uh, spins out Chase Elliott on the last <laughs> lap to not spin himself out and take the victory. I'm going to take that too. Add that to my prediction as well. I'm with you, Connor. <laughs> if that doesn't happen, their picks don't count. Yeah. Remember, That's I don't fine. even know why or how. So thank you. But <laughs> Dave? <laughs> Changing of the guard. It is Kyle Bush's time at road courses. Dave's going to wish that one into fruition. All right. I'm, I'm going uh, rebound from last week. Martin Truex Jr. Uh, gets it. So do we have any social media shout outs, Garrett? Well, thanks for the reminder there, Ryan. I think we did get a couple this week. We got, let's see, Tim at Trackside MM says the orange 43 of Eric Jones really popped. Hoping to see that scheme again this year. I agree, Tim. Uh, and then I think we had two staples of the show at Fan Hendricks 24, our boy John. John also went with the 43, um, said that's hands down the best looking scheme at the Daytona 500. I agree with you. And then our boy Big Luke 24, Big Luke, said that he thought Kyle Larson's green really popped at night. So there's one for Kyle Larson. So, yeah, those were our shout outs this week. 
Dill, anything you saw on social media this week that caught your eye? Yeah, you know, I, there was one thing that kind of stood out. There's a general theme around drivers tweeting at the course, like during rain delays and everything. Fantastic content. It's just hilarious that these guys can't get in their car and they're like, all right, let's just go on Twitter. But a couple of them during that uh, the rain delay went and got some food outside of the stadium too. It was actually really funny seeing them. I think there was a McDonald's stop uh, by Ross Chastain. Chase Briscoe went and got Panda Express in like the, what are we doing? Panda, I look, I love Panda Express. Imagine eating a bowl of Panda Express and then going to race another like 200 laps. What are we, Chase, come on. We got to have something better there. And then uh, Tyler Reddick went and got some Cheddar's Kitchen. So it was funny seeing these guys like go out just like, ah, I got nothing to do. I'll just go out and tweet about what I'm eating. So I was a big fan of seeing that going on. Yeah, that was cool. I think a question is, how do we get one of these guys now to tweet? Well, I'm bored. I guess I'm just going to go listen to Gas and Go during the rain delay. Get us some of that attention going. We can, well, we can make that work. Maybe we can talk to <laughs> to friend of the show, Corey LaJoy, who tweeted in response to Panda Express, rookie mistake. You better hope this thing doesn't get back green. That was, yeah, man, that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was my favorite part. All right, well, boys, looking ahead, I think we're going to start a new short little segment here with our predictions at the end every week with our Jackman, Dill. Dill uh, is going to give you a few betting lines that he likes out there, including maybe a long shot of the week. All for fun, of course, just for fun. Remember, just for fun. So, Dill, what caught your eye in Vegas this week? Well... Vegas on the road courses tends to kind of go with a, a normal pattern at the top. So Chase Elliott heavily favored and Truex, uh, the second favorite again, the same as the last week at the clash. All of our guys that we picked are less than 10 to one odd. So they're all up at the top. A couple of standouts here, some long shots, maybe. I mean, Garrett, you mentioned it. He's a good road course racer. Could we go back to back? Michael McDowell's there at 80 to one, a little bit better than his hundred to one odds coming in. Uh, one that I'm a big fan of here, you know, my guy Cole Custer, 50 to one. No, but I think, I think there's some value here at, you know, a couple of these guys up front, but if you want that long shot, I mean, why not McDowell on the back to back? Back to back baby from Mikey McD. Nice. All right. Thanks Dill. We'll uh, check back in next week to see how those played out. Well, boys, I think, uh, I think that's all we got this week. So, you know, I hope it was tolerable enough for everyone without a guest. I know we were doing some rambling there, but it was fun to get back with just the crew and talk some racing uh, and get back into why we started this show in the first place, just to talk about NASCAR. So uh, don't worry, though. We're not done with guests. In fact, Dill, tell the five folks who's joining us next week. Well, Garrett, next week, we got someone super exciting, another Xfinity driver. I love meeting these Xfinity guys. They're all really cool. But Josh Williams, the 92 car, is going to be coming on and joining the Gas and Go boys here. That's right, Dale. Josh Williams. Can't wait for that one. Should be a lot of fun. Josh is a, seems like a fun guy, uh, so I think we'll have fun with him. Uh, and another driver to add to the results tracker there, SpotterCon, so get him on the list. All right, boys, let's uh, let's wrap it up here. I got to take a second here for personal privilege, though. 20 years ago this week on Thursday, to be specific, we lost Dale Earnhardt. It's crazy that it's been 20 years. Sometimes it feels like yesterday. Uh, I think about it all the time. I still remember where I was when I heard the news. I'll never forget that. I know he meant a lot to a lot of people. And whether you rooted for him or not, you have to respect him and what he did for NASCAR. 
So if you're listening in the car right now, throw three fingers out the window. If you're listening at home, put three in the air. Wherever you are, take a second, put up three, and maybe someone around you will notice and throw it up as well. Or maybe someone will ask, what are you doing? And you can educate them on the legend. RIP, Dale. All right, that's it. Back to the normally scheduled program. And that program is pretty much over. So <laughs> just a reminder, the Gas and Go podcast is brought to you by our friends at RacingUSA.com, home of automatic discounts on officially licensed NASCAR merchandise and free upgrades to expedited shipping. Look out for the giveaway $50 gift card this week. If you want triple, we're going to do triple entries again. And I'm just making this up on the spot. I did not even run this by the boys. Put in a picture of Dale Earnhardt in the replies, and we'll see. We'll put in three entries into the pool for you so keep listening uh hit us up with that five star rating on apple if you can and as always keep grinding and we'll keep grinding right alongside of you and maybe we'll both win the daytona 500 one day we'll see you next week All right, guys, I've got a really important question for you all. Was Pitbull's command the greatest thing you guys have ever seen? I was so pumped up after I saw that, or after I heard it. It was just delightful. Everything I could have wanted and more from Pitbull. That guy's a legend. He, he, <laughs> Everything he does is electric. He could tell me to like go do my taxes and I'd be pumped up to go do my taxes. <laughs> I agree with you guys, and like I guess the most exciting part to me was how excited Connor was. Dill's right; he can make the most mundane things seem exciting. Here's the thing: starting the engines at Daytona is exciting in and of itself. I don't need Pitbull to tell me how exciting that is. I don't know. Ooh, that's a shot at Pitbull. <laughs> it's, not, it's not at all. He's taking a, a lot of shots. This uh, yeah, that's Mr. Stay in your lane. <laughs> Dale, Dale can come talk to me about that. that. Are you telling me you didn't get like you didn't feel the adrenaline? It sounds like no. It sounds like no. Like, ah, you're, you're misunderstanding. <laughs> My point is that he's too talented to be wasted on a moment that's already built up with so much wonder. All right, Rhino could give that command, and I would get pumped up. <laughs> that's for this week. That's what a shot sounds like. Is that a shot at Rhino? <laughs> yeah, that's a shot. Stay but, in I, your lane. I think I know why Dave's so salty. Look, last week we learned that the gas man is going away. The battery man is here. Whoa. Whoa. And this, week, <laughs> <laughs> this week, it's not the gas man. It's the fuel man. I mean, there's a lot going on in his life. I'm pumping the brakes. Jamie's stealing cars, you know, They're putting batteries. I, I got some soul surfing to do, here for the MVP, the MVC. Whew. Also, before this weekend, I didn't know that Pitbull is a co-owner of Daniel Suarez's car. That is the coolest thing ever. That's incredible. Just tune into NASCAR for five seconds. They'll tell you all about it. Yeah. Or, or the stage two Gas and Go News where we covered that ten times. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, we're supposed to listen to this after we're done? You guys listen to these things? Uh, well, hopefully you're still listening, but we'll see you next week. Dale. <laughs>